right, welcome everyone to Muggle with a Mic because now we have a name and that name is Muggle with a Mic. My name's Katie and I want to make a big introduction because since episode one, my co-host Phil has gotten a new mic and I would like to introduce his new podcast voice. Hello, Phil. Hello, everybody out in podcast land. I... I have a new mic, and I'm hoping that it's it sounds okay. Does it sound okay on your side? You sound amazing. It's like you're on NPR. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. No, it's like <laughs> it's super clear. It's like so much clearer, and there's not background noise. It's it's wonderful. I know. I felt so bad uh, last episode. It just sounded like I was in a tin can someplace. But, you know, sometimes first episodes are a little bit touch and go a little bit dodgy so i think we're getting the kinks worked out of it oh yeah well and actually maybe you did that purposely so that your voice would sound even more amazing on episode two. Oh, you got me you figured me out <laughs> all right so um on this episode we're going to be talking about first we both watched the movie bloodshot correct yes we did so we will tell you our thoughts on it all right, so um, we're going to start off, I'm thinking we're going to try this out. We're going to start off with some movie news, and then we'll get into our discussion on Bloodshot. How about that? Oh, that sounds great. Okay, so some movie news that, um, that I saw this week. Trolls World Tour broke the video on-demand record in its first weekend, and it's the highest grossing video on-demand title ever in revenue. Disney Pixar's Soul and Raya and The Last Dragon are going to have some late releases. Soul, which was supposed to come out in June, is now going to come out November 20th. And Raya was set to come out Thanksgiving and is now March 12th of next year. Trolls is, uh, yeah, they released that straight to digital instead of at the theaters since the pandemic's going on. So it seems like it went over really well. Um, do you know if that's a rental or do you have to buy that? I believe that most all of these, when they first come out, you have to purchase it because I could okay. not rent Bloodshot. I had to purchase it. Yeah, that's about like 20 bucks. I think um, I think Trolls was, I know someone else had watched it. They were going to watch it with their kids and they said that it was going to cost them around $20. Mm-hmm, Yeah. So, but we might be seeing a lot of that uh, in the future. That might be the new trend is uh, home release instead of at the theater. It will be for the next couple months anyway. Did you see that our local theater was offering um, drive-up popcorn purchase so you could get all of your stuff to watch movies at home and drive up and get it? Yeah, I saw that. You had to call ahead and order it, and then you had a 15-minute window to come in and get it. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Yeah, I've been craving some movie theater popcorn. Exactly. I can never get it to taste that good out of my kitchen microwave. Yeah, and our uh, our local theater, they have a popcorn topping bar. So they have like all this, you know, steak sauce and seasoned salt. And I mean, just there's some pretty bizarre stuff that they have on that topping bar. But I'm just a straight up salt and butter kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Lots of butter for me. I mean, I don't normally it, it's when I go see a movie, that's when I'm going to eat very, very unhealthy popcorn. Yes. And you got to have M&Ms with it. So you got to have the sweet with the salty. It balances it out. It's all about balance. Yes. 
Okay, and then uh, yesterday, this was a big, big thing for me. The cast of High School Musical will reunite for Disney's family sing-along. Um, it aired last night at 8 p.m. All the main characters from High School Musical, including Zac Efron, were going to be in attendance. Oh, wow. Is that on Disney Plus or on the internet? Or where, where are you uh, finding that? Now, here's the odd thing. I saw the article. I believe it was... They didn't say it was streaming, but I saw the article and it never mentioned where it was airing, but it was all over Facebook. But I think I'm pretty sure it, if it was airing on ABC, it was going to be Ryan Seacrest. Or if it, okay. if it was Ryan Seacrest hosting, it was going to be on ABC. Isn't uh, ABC affiliated with Disney? Does Disney own ABC? Yes. Okay. Well, that's where it probably is. I'm really surprised they don't have it on the, their streaming service, Disney+. Plus. Well, you never know. It may be on there so you can rewatch it. That's true. Speaking of Disney+, Plus, I've got some Mandalorian news. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a behind-the-scenes documentary coming to Disney+. Plus. It's going to be eight episodes, and the first one airs on Star Wars Day, a.k.a. May 4th. And then new episodes will drop every Friday. And it's going to be called Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. That's exciting. That was a good series. I'm going to have to tune in for that. I'm excited about the second season, which comes out in October, I believe. October, yep. Well, and they're, they're saying they're putting this up there to try to help with the wait until October. Ah. Uh. Because The Mandalorian was the most successful thing on Disney Plus thus since, yeah. since it started. Yeah, they kind of um, launched their series with it, or their their uh, streaming service with it, and it was kind of a joke. They said that they had the most um, most cancellations after it was off. It's like <laughs> I don't know how true that was. That people were joking that like half the viewers uh, canceled their subscription after the Mandalorian was off. I mean, I I get that they still have for families like with little kids. I could I could understand keeping it. I've kept it because there's a couple other shows on there I like, but Mandalorian was really good. I can understand that that thought process. Yeah, it was. You know what is what is Disney Plus? Is it eight eight dollars a month? Yes, and and then you can pay an extra fee and you get Hulu and ESPN, which okay. there's no sports playing right now. If you want to watch marble racing, <laughs> that's the that's the sport you can watch during COVID-19. <laughs> All right. And then I've got some news on Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy, which are both directed by James Gunn. Um, and due to the nationwide pandemic shutdowns, they've caused a, they've caused major problems with movie releases. But according to James Gunn, they're uh, both of these movies are not being knocked off track. He says that right now there's no reason for the release of Suicide Squad to be moved. They're on or ahead of schedule, which it's set to release August 6th of 2021. And then they're shooting from their homes and they're editing from their homes. And he says right now the plans with Volume 3 of Guardians is also exactly the same as they were before the coronavirus. So it's set to release in 2022. Well, I doubt that they've actually filmed anything with Guardians yet. I imagine that's still in pre-production. I mean, I think he's currently working on Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. So they're probably ramping up to film Guardians. So hopefully they'll have everything 
on track and they can start filming on schedule. Oh yeah. I wonder if even pre-production where you have to like schedule places that locations that you're shooting and every little detail is, is even affected because you don't know if that location will be available in December. Yeah, that is true. But if like, if they were already started in pre-production and they already, you know, I'm sure everything will be back into full swing by December. So if they already have that time slot booked, I would think that they would be safe. Fingers crossed. Yes. Top Gun is still on schedule because I'm pretty sure they've filmed most of that. And although the release date has been pushed back to December 23rd of this year. Have you uh, heard any word on uh, Black Widow? Black Widow, it's like good to go other than the release. So I'm assuming oh, yeah. that might be. But they, they were going to push back the date. And I did hear that they said, you know, that was an option just to release it on Disney Plus. But they actually said they weren't going to do that. They were going to release it at the theater. But I haven't heard a date. Because it was supposed to be May. It was supposed to be next month. Oh, it's supposed to be May. So I just looked it up and it says November 6th, 2020. Okay, so they they moved it to the holiday, the the winter holiday season. It was supposed to be, I think, at the beginning of May, it was going to kind of kick off the traditional summer movie schedule. But, you know, there's probably not going to be a lot released this summer. They might get a few of them out in August. But I that's, think- why I, that, that's why I'm thinking there's going to be this big rush of releases come November, December. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because I know they'll want to distance themselves from other movies because if you do have like a huge amount of movies dropping, there's going to be less money for everybody. So I kind of think that they'll push back what was originally supposed to be in December. That's going to get pushed back, kicked down the road until probably maybe February or next May. But mm-hmm. it's it's hard to say. It'll it'll be interesting to see what they do with it because they're going to be behind on production on other movies. So I just have a feeling they're going to kind of pace themselves. But I could be wrong. Who knows? Well, and and you also have to think people are going to be afraid to go. So the numbers are going to be down even if they have a good weekend. Yes, I agree with that. But yeah, I mean, I would want to go, but I'm I'm. You know, I'm hand sanitizing constantly. I'm remembering what things I touch and everything. So going into a dark movie theater, sitting in a chair that I don't know who just sat in there and not knowing if the, you know, I'm, it's going to probably take me a while to, to go back, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know what? Like some of the bigger theaters, and maybe we discussed this last time, but a lot of the bigger theaters, actually, you can go in and pick your seats. And I heard some of them are kind of like blocking out like seats. Uh, so you have to kind of social distance. So like every other seat maybe is unavailable. So when you go and buy your ticket and you have to choose your seat, you have to pick from actually what they have opened up. So, you know, there's kind of like gaps between everybody. So they're, they're kind of forcing you to social distance. That's smart. Okay. Here's the next bit of news that I'm super excited about. Have you heard, do you know about the, I believe it's a comic book series or a book? It's a novel. Um, Dune. I had not heard of that. I know they were talking about doing a new Dune movie, but I did not know they had uh, a new comic. No, it's not a comic. I was thinking it was a comic, but it's just it's a, a, it's a novel. Yeah, it's a, it's 
Dune is going to be a feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. Spice. Spice. (laughs) Oh, what are the what are the guys in the Pikes from Star Wars? They they trade in spices, right? Yeah, not old spice. No. So Dune is supposed to be released December 18th of this year. It's directed by the by Villanueva, who also directed Blade Runner 40, 2049, Arrival, and Sicario. And listen to this cast. It's got Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, Javier Bardem, Oscar Isaac and Stellan Skarsgård. Yes, I, I saw a cast photo two days ago, and it is a phenomenal cast. It was hard to make out. Uh, you had to look real close because it was such a big, and it was like a, you know, kind of from a distance. But you could, if you look close, you could kind of make out the actors. Oh yeah, and and I kept going through. I think uh, it was Entertainment Weekly that just released a bunch of pictures of the cast close up. And I kept going through the pictures thinking, wait, that's so-and-so wait, that's so-and-so and thinking how many people are in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, Marvel actors in there. I wonder what studios filming it. I shall figure that out, sir. The original, well, not the, the original, but, uh, in the eighties, they did a movie, a Dune movie and that had like Patrick Stewart and sting and a lot of, a lot of different famous people in that one as well. Yeah, that was like 84, right? Yeah. Dune is produced by Legendary Entertainment and Warner Brothers. Okay. It looks neat. And I'm a big Timothy Chalamet fan. Okay. And the last little little news is um that thing you do, the cast is getting back together. If you don't remember that thing you do came out in 1996. It was directed and starred Tom Hanks. It followed the band The Wonders and this is going to put the band back together for coronavirus relief one night only, and it's live streaming actually tonight, um, and there's it's in support of Music Care's COVID-19 relief fund, so that's exciting. Yeah, that's neat. Okay, and then I've got one more thing. i got a film terminology. Do you know what a bottle episode is? No, I'm, I'm not aware of what a bottle episode. What is that? Well, <laughs> I've been watching the show. So I'm a big Office fan. I'm a, I'm a big Parks and Rec fan. And I never got into mm-hmm. Community. And I just started watching Community. And it's it's funny. I've found myself laughing out loud with it. But the, the neat thing about it is one of the characters is really into TV and film. And so there's constantly movie references and TV references. So... One episode, he keeps saying, this seems like it's a bottle episode. This seems like it's a bottle episode. And what it is, is it's an episode that's produced cheaply and restricted in scope to use as few non-regular cast members, effects, and sets as possible. Usually, they're shot on sets built for other episodes. So they're they're trying to save money, basically. And some examples are Seinfeld's episode, The Chinese Restaurant. Cartwright. <laughs> Have you ever seen that episode? No, I haven't. Give okay. me the give me the synopsis of it. Well, the the whole if it's the one I'm thinking of, which I'm pretty sure it is, there 
they're waiting to be seated at a um, Chinese restaurant. And the whole episode just takes place in there while they're waiting to be uh, seated. And they keep calling out a name and it's a wrong name. They got the name wrong and they've waited this whole time. And, you know, they they finally went up and they've, they've been calling Cartwright instead of Costanza. So they just wasted like the whole evening in the in the waiting room or like in just waiting to be called. I mean, there was a whole lot of nothing, nothing which is what that show was kind of about. But um, it was just, yeah, their escapades inside the Chinese restaurant while they're waiting to be seated. I actually, I think I have seen that one now that you're saying it again. I'm remembering yeah. they're just standing out by the the usher, right? Yeah, and they like, I think uh, Jerry like bet Elaine that she wouldn't walk. She bet better fifty dollars she wouldn't just walk up and to someone's table and take a bite of their egg roll without even saying anything and then just moving on and like so she was trying to do it but she was like trying to whisper to him, "Hey, I'm, the <laughs> you know, I, I got bet to do this." I mean, it was just like crazy, but. Yes, I remember that episode well. Uh, well, then another ep- one is Friends, the one where no one's ready, which a friend was explaining to me. It, they're in the apartment the whole time. And I think it's um, Rachel who can't decide what outfit to wear. And then, the, so basically the whole episode's just in their living room and they're supposed to be going somewhere. I think Ross needs to go to the planetarium. Is that what you call it for whatever he does? But Rachel needs to get an outfit and she can't decide on the outfit. And that's the entire episode. But they actually did. So the episode they did in community is called cooperative calligraphy. And the whole episode is them just trying to find a pen in their study room. That's the Uh. entire episode. So, but I would, I would say if community is is a good watch, some people I think that are uh, big office fans are hesitant to watch community, but it, I liked it. And I would say it's a good watch. Yeah. I always wondered uh, with some of the old Star Trek episodes. I mean, there's been a couple where they, you know, kind of like live the day over. And there was actually an episode of Stargate like that as well. But I wonder if those were kind of like bottle episodes because they just, they'd relive that like 10 minute segment over and over. It changes like a little bit, but they'd only have to use that one specific set. And it probably cut down on production costs a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing they say is it was probably either production cost or a script fell through. So in the last minute, they had to come up with some alternate script. Yeah. It's the little tricks that they learn. Yes. Okie dokie. Well, that's all the uh, the movie TV news and, and tidbits that I have. Okay, great. Um. Okay, let's get into... Bloodshot. All right. Well, how did how did you like it? I mean, what were your expectations of that movie, and did they meet those expectations? Were you disappointed? Were you um, did it go beyond your expectations? Did you like it better than you thought, or did you have any uh, go in with any preconceived ideas? Okay, here I like action movies. I like all different kinds of movies. This is clearly an action movie. Um, but the number one reason I wanted to see this movie was for Sam Hewen, who plays the guy with no legs, the guy with mechanical okay. legs. And so I'm a big okay. fan of his because he's on the show Outlander. So I was like, oh, wow, he's in this big movie. I want to see it. And then when I found out I wasn't in the theaters, I was sad. So I bought the movie just wanting to see Sam in it. And then I was excited 
because of it because it's a new superhero kind of movie. So yeah, I was excited about the concept where this guy can't die. He's a military guy. He can't die. And you didn't really know how he couldn't die. So it was interesting figuring that out. I will say at times I felt like it was lacking CGI wise. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and then in other aspects and other scenes, it was really good. Like I was really impressed overall. I liked the concept of uh, this is a military guy who can't die. Okay. How do we figure that out? And then there's all these other people that have super machinery that help them live their life. I enjoyed it. I, it, uh, surpassed my expectations. I went in not knowing a lot about it. Bloodshot's a comic book movie. I've never really read that comic book. Um, I do like Vin Diesel. So I watched it and it had, it was a nice little popcorn flick. It had, it was like a little roller coaster ride. It had a lot of little twists I didn't see coming necessarily. I mean, it was almost like a cross between like Wolverine, uh, Terminator, Total Recall. There was, uh, like I said, a a lot of nice little surprises in it. And I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Okay, we're going to start spoilers. So if people haven't seen it, stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) But did you see, at what point did you realize the doctor was not a good guy? Um, Pretty much, I knew something was up on his very first kind of mission when he stole the plane and he went after the person who murdered his wife, because I'm like, man, this is going to be a short movie. Something's going to have to happen because we're only 20 minutes into it. Uh, So I knew there had to be something a little bit deeper. And at that point I started to suspect that things were not as they seemed. I will say I I do like their storytelling abilities. So I liked um, how they show us you start the movie and you don't realize you're in a simulation. Yeah. And then he wakes up and then you're learning along with him what the heck is going on. But you also realize something's a little off. Like KT seems rude, but really what it is is she doesn't like what's happening to him. Um, Mm -hmm. But from... From the get-go, I could tell there was something fishy with the doctor. I just didn't like him. And he reminds me of... I wrote his name down. That was Guy Pierce that played the doctor, which I like I like him, Amendo. Um, he was in The Time Machine. He was in like Prometheus and Alien Covenant. He's been in a lot of different different movies. He's a good actor. Now that you say time machine, I was like, I couldn't remember what I knew him from. And now that you say that, I do. Yeah. Well, I thought his character, which is, I thought he was similar to the lizard in the amazing Spider-Man. You know, this guy with no arm, he's a doctor, but he's, he's overusing the technology in the wrong way. Yeah. What did you think of all the different, the modifications to the other soldiers? Um, I thought the most interesting and I, I, I don't even know. I'm sure they mentioned his name, but it it just doesn't stick. But it's the one that had the vision problems. So he had Tibbs. like Tibbs. Okay. So he had 
like eyes in the back of his head. I mean, he just had like the cameras every place. He could see everything. Um, I thought that was interesting. You hadn't really seen that in a movie before. And he had the little drones he had launched that had the cameras on it. So he was kind of, it uh, could be every place at once. I thought he was an interesting character. Oh yeah, the drones part. I thought that was really cool. How okay, he's got the he's got the plate on his chest. He sees that way. Yeah. Oh wait, now he can launch these things with a gun up in the air to see everything above and then he's directing Jimmy Dalton, who's the guy with no legs. He's yeah. he's directing him go south, go turn left in two blocks or something like that. It it kind of reminded me of the Falcon off of Avengers. How he had, you know, because he had the the drone. Oh, yeah. He just doesn't have the wings in this one. Yeah. But then when he was on the motorcycle, he was riding the motorcycle. He had that uh, that helmet uh, that was just like it totally covered his head. I thought that was uh, kind of a neat look. Oh, yeah. And he was good on that motorcycle. Some of those yeah. maneuvers. Mm-hmm. But then uh, KT, she had the ability like it confused me a little bit because they said that she was kind of like impervious to different gases and and anything that was um like inhaled which i kind of didn't understand that because she still breathed i don't know if that filtered everything out it was just like a fancy trach it seemed like and i don't see i'm not sure how she could breathe underwater with that but uh, that's probably thinking too much about it or putting too much thought into it i'm thinking that what we saw was just part of the mechanism. I think the mechanism was actually her lungs. Okay. So, so I think whatever was going into the lungs, that machine was taking the oxygen out and just using the oxygen. Okay. That's Good me assuming. Point. No. Yeah. So it could technically get oxygen out of water. Yeah. And then you kind of went in thinking, well, well that's, you know, an okay superpower, but she was like, actually, I mean, she kicked some butt. Oh, yeah, she's a Navy SEAL. Yeah, she was um, a one-man army or one-woman army. What did you think about um, Wiggins? <laughs> I liked Wiggins. He was uh, com- kind of the comic relief. Um, I liked his character. I thought I thought he was uh, he was pretty humorous. Did you, did you like him? Or did you, I mean, it's kind of cliche. He, he was kind of cliche, but it was... Uh, you know, it, it was an enjoyable character. He was totally cliche, but he owned it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, he was he was totally cliche. He said funny little lines like, but I loved his accent. Now, he is, the actor that plays that character is from the show New Girl, and he's American. He does not have a, a natural oh. British accent. Okay. Um, one, one thing that I was thinking about, and I might need to go back and rewatch that part. But when they set off the EMP pulse and kind of took out everything in that town, how did those nanites survive? Because it took Vin Diesel out, but it should have killed all those uh, nanites. Well, so what I think is, I think it messed with the electrical pulse. So like it would burn... Um, it would shut something down, but it didn't like burn up every light in the city. The lights would come back on. It's just the power to them did not. So I think it just took away the power from the nanites. And then when okay. he recharged them on that table, that, that brought them back to life. Okay. Cause all the vehicles and stuff, when they went to escape, didn't work. Uh, and you know, nothing 
kind of worked. So I, I, I must've just missed that, but I was like, wait a minute, because EMP pulses tend to, I mean, it just destroys electronics. I mean, there wouldn't, I don't think there's any coming back. <laughs> you know, if you have a laptop or something, it hits that gets hit with an EMP pulse. I think it's just gone. And that's, um, I was kind of wondering, like, it seemed like everything in that town died. And then next thing you know, he's like recovering um, with all his like technology. And I was kind of like, did I miss something? Well, and you would think something that teeny tiny, like the size of a cell would just melt or be destroyed in some way from that kind of a energy surge or whatever. Yeah. But then again, it's like, you know, it's, Hey, it's a, it's a sci-fi movie. They can, they can kind of change the rules and do what they want. Right. Nanites don't actually exist. That, that's debatable. I don't know. They, they may have, um, not to that level, but I, I do think they are kind of working on those, um, in some aspect, but like teeny tiny. Yeah. Hmm. I think that they are like developing that technology. Like I said, it's nowhere near what they had in that movie, but I do believe that they have been trying to develop that. And I could be wrong. I'm looking it up. Nanorobotics is an emerging technology field creating machines or robots whose components are or near the scale of a nanometer. So it's happening. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what they can do. It's largely in the research and development phase. Yes. If you um Michael Crichton wrote a book. Oh man, it's probably been ten years ago. Um, called Prey, and it's kind of about um, has to do with uh, nanites or nanotechnology. It's uh, an interesting read. I know you aren't a big avid reader, but anybody out there that uh, that likes kind of sci-fi-ish novels like Michael Crichton or Dean R. Koontz, that's a pretty good novel. You should uh, look into it. It's an enjoyable read. Hey, I'm all for other people reading. I just, I have a hard time getting through a book. Like I'll start a book and then I just, oh, sure. I'll set it to the side and then forget about it. Do you like audio books? I need to try that. I have Harry Potter on audiobook, which I play in my car. Oh, well, there you go. It is actually, I think um, that particular novel I did, I was on a trip and I listened to it, the novelization. I don't think I actually read that one. I think I had the audio book for it. Hey, it makes sense. You get in your car, you listen to a chapter on your drive to work, and then you listen to a chapter on your way back. And before you know it, you're done with the yep. book. Yeah. MRI guided nanocapsules are one potential precursor for nanorobots. I'm sorry. I'm still reading about nanorobots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's talk about the scene with the flower in the tunnel. That was interesting. I liked how it looked like snow. At first, that's what I thought it was. I'm like, well, why is it snowing underground? It's uh, the nanorobots attract snow horizontally. <laughs> no, um, I thought it. I thought it was neat. The slow motion scenes when he first he breaks the rifle, I think, and then he. Oh yes. He just keeps punching people. Then, when he gets shot in the face. Yes. That's where I think the CGI was awesome. Yeah. And I, what I thought was interesting on that 
as well as you know half his face was gone it was being re- rebuilt but you could kind of they had the audio like where it was like really poor and it got better as his like the side of his face with his ear reconstructed you could actually like hear better you couldn't hardly hear what was going on it was just like it sounded like my microphone last episode but then it progressively <laughs> got better as he healed <laughs> We'll call that old microphone the garrison microphone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right because it what they're what they're I guess they're they're portraying there is the bullet not only got his external facial construct but it also got his inner ear and those robots had to rebuild his inner ear so that he could use the functions of it. Yeah. I thought it was I thought that was interesting. Did you like uh I don't know if you're a Talking Heads fan, but they use one of their songs, Psycho Killer. Oh, like yeah. In the movie. I thought I haven't heard that song in a while. Um, that was back in the 80s, but actually, I think it came out in the late 70s, maybe 1977. But I just thought it was interesting how they kind of used it in the movie. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I had it ready. Here, here we go. Okay. Can't seem to face up to the fire. I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax Can't sleep cause my bed's on fire Don't touch me, I'm a real live wire Psycho killer, Yeah, I had it here ready because I thought it was neat how that is what triggered his memories. Yes. And then, you know, like the actor, that whole setup where they had the guy that killed his wife and he came out kind of dancing to that song. It reminded me a lot of Sam Rockwell in Mm. uh, Iron Man 2. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. He played Justin Hammer and he kind of came out dancing like at the Stark Expo. Uh, I think he stole some of his uh, dance moves. He's yeah, the like, one little the, with where he's tapping his heels from side to side. Yeah, <laughs> it just—I don't know. It took me back to Iron Man too when I saw that scene. I just—it was kind of quirky, and I thought it was interesting. No, one hundred percent. I I can picture it right now. Okay, so we talked about the flower scene. How about the elevator shaft scene when we got my man Sam Hewen being a Bad, bad guy. I I like that exoskeleton he was wearing that that, that went along with his uh, prosthetics. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah, so, okay. I don't know if you can remember this part, because I've watched it two times through. And right before he puts the exoskeleton on, he puts like a little chip or like a little piece on the top of his spine. Did you mm. notice that? Yeah. What do you, what do you think that is? Um, I think really the purpose of that was just so you could kind of see that he had like screw holes in his back, that that was being screwed on. But I think maybe that was kind of like the command module or the, the processor for it. And I think they showed a close up of the, 
of him putting that on so you could see like on his back there was like a lot of um kind of like ports where things were being screwed in it almost looked like kind of like the little ports on the matrix where when I was Keanu just gonna say. Was, yeah when he was in the little people pod so i think really the purpose of that shot it was just establishing that you could see that he had all those ports that were surgically implanted into his back because they never really addressed it, but they just, like I said, they showed a close up of him putting it on and they showed that exoskeleton being screwed into his back. Oh yeah. And well, and the funniest thing is, I don't know if, if he purposely it's roles like that have something wrong with his back, but so he has that on his back in this movie. And then in outlander, he's a 18th century guy there. And he was, he was tortured, so he was whipped on the back. So he has a bunch of scars on his back, and that's a big part of his character. So it's ironic that in this movie, he also has something going on with his back. Uh, now, I've never watched Outlander. Is it? I mean, I've heard a lot about it. Is he one of the main characters? Is he the main? Yes. Okay. He plays James Alexander Malcolm Mackenzie Fraser, and he's a Scotsman. And he, <laughs> so he's really Scottish. He, so he had an American accent in this film. He, he plays Scotsman. I already said that. I like saying Scotsman. But the main, the true main character is Claire. Um, and she is a nurse in World War II. And she touches these stones in Scotland. And it transports her back in time to the 1700s. Mm. And she meets Sam's character and they fall in love, but there's a lot of other stuff going on where their lives are at risk and they have to keep trying to just survive. It's really good. I love the show. That's I knew the general, the plot of the TV show. I just never watched it. And I know there's, I have a lot of friends that watch it and they say it's like a really good show. Um, It kind of, that kind of reminds me, have you ever seen um, the movie Timeline? Yes, that's that's a Michael Crichton novel as well. But it it kind of reminds me a little bit of that just from the way people have talked about it. But um, I've never really seen it. But I did like that that movie. Oh, I love Timeline with Gerard Butler. He's a Scotsman. Yeah. Who else was in that? It seems like there was another couple. Paul Walker. Oh, yeah. Paul Walker. Hey, six degrees of separation. We got Vin Diesel. Uh, we're talking about Vin Diesel movie. We got Paul Walker. He was in uh, Fast and the Furious with him. There you go. Yeah. And then yep. who's the? Uh, there's a Scottish comedian in there. Um, Billy Connolly. There you go. It's also got uh, David uh, Thule. Th- I never say his last name right. I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher it. But David uh, Thulis. Thulis played. Um, is in the Harry Potter movies. Character. Lupin. Yeah, he is in that. He plays like the investor guy. Yeah, and in the first, I think the first movie I ever saw him in was The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, that had Val Kil- Kilmer in it as well. Man, that was like a long time ago. But I think that was the first movie I ever saw him. Hmm. Was, was The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, no, that, but that's one of uh, Sarah and my favorite, my sister, Viewers don't know. I just say Sarah like they know who Sarah is. (laughs) Um, But it's one of our favorite movies. They say trebuchet in that movie a lot. (laughs) Trebuchet? (laughs) Trebuchet! (laughs) Trebuchets! 
That's what sticks out in that movie is is their use of trebuchet. And then um, what's the oh what's the special concoction they come up with? It's like liquid fire or liquid something. Oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, they pour. It's basically they pour it on the trebuchet or on the whatever they're throwing, and then if you put more water on it, it just makes more fire. Love that film. Yeah, me too. Good movie. I haven't seen that in a while. Here's a big thing I have about Bloodshot. Back to Bloodshot. Okay. Yes. I feel it's an Inception 2.0. Yeah. Because at the end, he comes out of that trailer, okay? He just talked to Wiggins, and he's talking to Katie. And I wrote this down. I have note cards. I have note cards of all the notes I took during it. And he says to her, it's like a dream because the view is really pretty. And then Katie mm-hmm. says, it is. And then they talk about stuff. And then Wiggins, as they're driving off in the sunset, he says, are we sure this isn't a simia? And then it cuts to the end yeah. credits. So basically they're hitting at, um, it's kind of like, that's why I said earlier, it's kind of like um, uh, Total Recall. It's got a little bit of like you get to the end and is is the whole thing, you know, is that just another simulation they're doing to, to get him to be an assassin? Um, you know, since he kind of got wise to the other story. So is he still uh, being tricked into being an assassin? And I think that was like intentional, obviously, but. Well, so I did some research about this and. This movie was supposed to be the start of four Valiant comic movies. So the first one was supposed to be Bloodshot. And then the next two were supposed to be... Have you heard of Harbingers? No. Okay. So Harbingers um, is a series of comics that Valiant comics comics made about a group of teenage super-powered outcasts known as Harbingers. And so the next two films were supposed to be about them. And then the last film was supposed to be a crossover of the two of the, of bloodshot and harbinger. Mm-hmm. So the, the ending of that makes me think they want you to think it's a simulation when in fact it isn't because they would have to do other films. Mm. Is that Weena? <laughs> oh, can you hear my dogs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feisty little wiener dogs. Sorry. Cute little wiener dogs. They're clear up they're clear upstairs. I have I have um if they want to be heard. But anyway, I think I don't think it's a simulation. I think they want you to think it is, but I don't think it is. Do you think they'll do more movies? Well, I would see a second one. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was um a good movie. No, no. I mean, I I made it sound pessimistic at the beginning. I think I was just being way too critical. But I would watch another one. Uh, I feel like it's like the first episode of a series where you're getting to know the characters, and then right when you start feeling comfortable with them, the movie's over or the episode's over. Yep. Of course, you're left with just like kind of the trio. But yep, I I, I agree. But do we know that? Skeleto man, Jimmy Dalton is dead. We never saw his body. 
Well, that is true. Anytime you're in a sci-fi movie, if you don't actually see them dead, then they aren't. And sometimes even when you see them, see them die, they aren't. That's the number one rule. Well, Game of Thrones. Um, hello. <laughs> you even saw people in Game of Thrones dead, and they still came back. But no, when Ray Garrison, when Vin Diesel explodes himself at the end, how did he dis- um, survive from that? I was wondering the same thing. But it's like nanotechnology magic. <laughs> because even as, as nano uh, nanites were depleted, so I have, I mean, because he would have just been like, you know, pieces of hamburger, like, like all over the place. I mean, I don't know how, how in the world. I mean, they, um, sh- they showed us that scene from the flower scene where there was, there was blood on the ground and it came back up to him, but I still don't think it's possible. Yeah. You have to uh, suspend your uh, disbelief because reasons it's magic. <laughs> Cinema magic. <laughs> Don't use logic. Yeah, they that was another point that was kind of, I need to go back and, and watch that. Uh, because they didn't really explain that well. You just see kind of like an explosion. Next thing you know, he's kind of waking up. Which goes towards the thought that it's a simulation, that he really is dead or, or that that's the start of another simulation. Yeah. I don't know. It was interesting. That's why I would want a second movie. T- totally worth a watch. Oh, yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 32%. Um, do you agree or disagree with that? Mm, I disagree. Is that uh, Rotten Tomatoes? How's that broken down? Is that the critics that gave it? Or the uh, fans that gave it? Because, yeah, 32 seems low. And the other thing is... There's probably less people watching it because of the COVID. That is true. I totally, I mean, I would, if I were, I don't like giving it a percentage like that. I mean, but I would give it like um, a B minus C plus. I was going to say B. Yeah. I I mean, I, I liked it. I didn't think it was bad at all. I thought it had a good story. It was, it was more than one dimensional. Definitely. I mean, it, you know, there there was more there than what I thought was going to be there. It had good action. I think the acting was pretty well done. So I, I would definitely, I'd probably give it a B. Like I said, B minus. Yeah, the, the tomato meter is 30% and the audience score mm. is 78. I don't use Rotten Tomatoes that, that much. I think it's, they've had, well, they've had some kind of sketchy stuff go on with where it's just, I don't think they're, it's like super accurate. I don't know. They like the only way you can do a rating, like with a fan there is you have to buy a ticket through like, um, their affiliate, uh, is it like Fandango and it only counts in America. So like, you know, our friends across the pond, they can't, they can't rate it. Um, which I think you, you should definitely see the movie. Don't get me wrong to rate it, but you have to have actually purchased it through like Fandango. I believe that's the way it works. And I could, I could be wrong from my understanding. That's how it works. That, that makes sense because if anyone could just yeah. get on and review a movie that they haven't seen, then that's not going to be very accurate. And now you're limiting the audience to only, and, uh, and only to the United States. And then there's been some movies that have been like, 
with Rise of Skywalker, I think that you know they they kind of fudge the numbers on it a little bit because. I don't know. There was a whole, you can go on YouTube and watch. I mean, there's all kinds of videos. That number did not move. It stayed at like an 82. It was going down. It was going down. It was going down. It stayed at 82 for forever, for weeks. And it didn't move either way, you know, and that's just impossible to do. I mean, you can't stay at one number and never go up or never go down for, for weeks on end when it's a new movie like that. And you have like all these different people reviewing it. And then there was some like reviews that like went missing. So, you know, a lot of people were uh, hollering fraud. You know, they were kind of like fudging the numbers a little bit for Disney so they could make some more money because uh, they are kind of affiliated with Disney a little bit somehow. Like I said, there was a lot. I've like watched a lot of different videos on that at the time the Rise of Skywalker came out because that kept coming up. It was like in my feed and it, it seemed kind of pretty sketchy and there's been a couple other movies where they've uh, kind of um, looks like they fudged the numbers a little it's a bit conspiracy i think it's the dark it's the dark side of the false yeah i think there's um kind of some better sites out there like metacritic well metacritic gave it 43 out of 100 okay and again you know like hey like movies are subjective it's like not everybody's gonna like the same movie I usually don't listen to critics a whole lot. I just go and see it for myself, see if I like it. Absolutely. And if you do like critics, you know, find somebody that that uh, has the same taste as you, that that your tastes align with, and then kind of stick to that critic, and you know, it'll be a pretty good barometer of whether you like it or not. Well, because there there have been so many, there have been so many movies on Prime or on Netflix where it has a low score, like. Um, on because on Prime it'll give you out of five stars and something will have two stars and I'm like okay I'll risk it and watch it and I love it. Yeah. Yep. Um, like I said, I try not to put a lot of stock into critics. There are a few, like I said personally, that I like uh, the critics. They their their tastes kind of align with mine, so I, I and I still don't go with them a hundred percent. I might see what they, they kind of thought about it, but it won't prevent me from seeing a movie if I want to go see it. And I kind of form my own opinion. So, hey, I thought Bloodshot was good. Yeah. Thumbs up. Yep. Two thumbs up. Or four thumbs up. Two. I have some trivia questions <gasps> about Vin Diesel. Um, yeah. Oh, and, no. Yeah. We'll see how well that you, now that you're in the hot seat this week, if I can find them. I'm nervous. Because, Phil, you know... You know so much more than I do. So this is me trying my best. His name is Vin Diesel. How do you spell Vin? <laughs> V-I-N. Have you got us some Jeopardy music? All right, we're going to have some Vin Diesel... Vin Diesel trivia. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Vin Diesel staged his debut in which children's play? Was it A, Romeo and Juliet, B, Snow White, C, Dinosaur Door, or D, Les Miserables? 
So it's children's play, so it's clearly not Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have a children's adaptation. I mean, hey, if Disney can do a cartoon after the Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's true. You know, hey, <laughs> that's a pretty uh, pretty dark novel. Um, instead of he stole a loaf of bread, he stole some crayons. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go with Snow White. Nope. Uh. <laughs> it was uh, Dinosaur Door. What is Dinosaur Door? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. I wonder if he played the dinosaur or the door. Uh, who knows? Maybe it was the dinosaur-shaped door. There you go. All right. So what, what is Mark... Or, um, <laughs> what is Vin Diesel's <laughs> real name? <laughs> Mark? <laughs> no. Uh, is it is it A, Mark Diesel? <laughs> B, Mark Sinclair? D, Vincent Sinclair? Or D, Vincent Diesel? It's clearly not Diesel, so it's it's either... B or C, and I really you don't wanted. Know? To... No, no, I I told you I I know very little. I know the pacifier. That's what I know about Vin Diesel. Um, uh, I'm gonna Did go. Did you with... watch Pitch Black or Pitch Dark? Pitch Dark. That no. Maybe Pitch Dark. But I'm learning stuff, so this is well worth it. Vincent Sinclair. Nah, it's Mark Sinclair. Ugh. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm a dumb dumb because you said Mark <laughs> at the beginning. Well, but, were, but I could have just been reading because there was two Mark answers. So I could have just been, you know, yep. you don't uh, know. I know now. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Yes, sir. Number three. Vin Diesel is the founder of the following production companies, except for. He's the founder of all of these, except for one. And your options are A, One Race Films, two, Racetrack Records, C, Indiana Pictures, or D, Tygon Studios. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I'm going to do process of elimination again. And I think the first two he does have because of all of the Fast and Furious. Uh-huh. Um, and then what were C and D? Um, Indiana Pictures and Tygon Studios. What does Tygon mean? Hmm. I don't know. No Googling. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm purposely like, I keep looking at the computer and they're like, let me Google this. But then I know I can't. Um, I just, I'm going to go with C. And you would be correct. Indiana yeah. Pictures. So yeah, you got one. I'll put a tally mark there. You got one right. Booyah. Okay. In which short film did Vin Diesel play a struggling actor stuck in the audition process? Is it A, Strays? B, Saving Private Ryan? <gasps> C, Iron Giant? Or D, Multifacial. 
Okay, well, it's clearly not B, because Saving Private Ryan was not about auditions. <laughs> well, he was in that movie. He he was. He gets shot in the street, doesn't he? And then they run out to get his letter. He wants to give his letter. Yes, I believe so. I just watched that not too long ago. It had a lot of good actors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, speak Tom Hanks there. He did, he, did he direct that, or was he just in yes. it? Yes. No, that was... Uh, well, he, wasn't that... Uh, Steven Spielberg directed it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's clearly not the Iron Giant because that's a cartoon about a robot. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with multifacial since he's playing a bunch of different people. And you would be correct. Oh, yeah. Very good. Vin Diesel has three children with his girlfriend, blank. <laughs> Is it A, uh, Paloma Jimenez? Hope I said that right. B, Michelle Rodriguez. C, Penelope Cruz. Or D, Sophia. Vergara. Vergara. Okay, it's not it's not Sophia because she's married to. Um, he's from Pittsburgh or he likes Pittsburgh. Joe Maganello. I'm gonna go with A. And you would be right. Yeah. Yay. So, man, you're you're uh, doing really well on this. I'm really surprised, truly. Hold on. I'm going to grab something to drink real quick, and then uh, we'll just, I'll do the rest of the trivia. Hold on. Okay. Okay, I'm back. I got some strawberry milk. Mm. Yeah. I have, get ready for it, water. Ah, water's good too. In my Star Trek glass. Yeah, I usually have water, but I don't have any down here with me, and this is in my little fridge. Are you a Prince fan? I I like Prince. I mean, I'm not like um a super fan, but I I enjoy his music, and I think he's he was a good person. I like um. Back in the 80s, that was uh, favorite uh, favorite artist, uh, Purple Rain and mm-hmm. 1999 and all them good songs. Well, did you Outlaws. ever watch the show New Girl? No. Um, there's an episode, I think it was 2015 or 16, I don't remember the exact year, but he was on an episode of that. They get invited to his house, the people on the, on the show. And they get invited to his house for a party and they don't think they're going to see him. Um, and then they run into him and he helps. Was it really so, him? Yes, it was totally him. And he sings a song at the end with them. It was a, re- it was a good episode. You don't have to know anything about the show to watch the episode, but he's, he's really cool in it. And did you ever watch, um, the Chappelle show? I'd occasionally have it on at night, but I wasn't like an avid viewer. I, I wasn't either, but I've seen the sketches where, have you ever seen the ones with like Charlie Murphy talks about, it was like Eddie Murphy's brother. <laughs> no. And, and you, you should watch it. Like they have, uh, and Eddie, his, he's been in some of Eddie Murphy's movies. He looks like Eddie Murphy. He'll be on there telling stories about like, I, cause I think he was like one of Eddie's, like he hung out with Eddie maybe a bodyguard or just part of his entourage. And they got invited to like, uh, Eddie got invited over to Prince's house, um, 
to play basketball or Wait, well Eddie to hang out. Well, Eddie, but Charlie went because okay. it was like all his, his, uh, you should YouTube it. Um, and then David Chappelle's playing Prince, but like, you know, they were listening to music. They were listening to music and Prince was like, I'm bored. Let's play basketball. And then they all started laughing, you know? And, uh, so him and the band went out, you know, to, to play and, um, he said, you know, we all changed and we were like in our gym clothes and they came out wearing like what they did on stage, like blouses stuff. And they were joking. It's like, you know, skins, uh, blouses versus skins, you know, because they <laughs> and uh, he said that like Prince and them like just like kicked their butts. Huh. And then they like uh, and they, he said they he took us back in the house and then uh, made us pancakes. And then <laughs> It was, it's funny. It's just like, uh, like I said, watch it, like YouTube that. Um, well, it's funny that you say that they made pancakes because in this episode, they're doing something. It's not playing basketball, but they come back in and Prince makes them pancakes. Yeah. Is that a Prince thing? I don't know. Um, but, and it's funny because like Prince released a single, I don't know, it was before he died, but I think it was just like a short just kind of like a two song thing. Mm -hmm. And he used on the album cover, he used that picture of Dave Chappelle dressed up as him serving pancakes. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you get a chance, definitely um, watch it. No, I, I love parody shows. I never got into Dave Chappelle. Cause I think when that show was out, um, I don't know. I think I was in college or I might've been in high school and I, I could never stayed up late enough to watch it. Um, so I never got into it, but I seen some, some episodes or some clips of it and I, he's entertaining. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's, he did, he did that in a lot of Rick James sketches, which were pretty mm -hmm. funny. So, but definitely. So, okay, well I'm ready. Okie dokie. Artichokey. <laughs> Okay, so next question. So you've got three rights so far. Boo to the yeah. Yeah. Um, in what year did Vin Diesel uh, win as action star of the year for his role in the film The Fast Five? Was it A, 1996, B, 2000, C, 2011, or D, 2014. Okay, it's either C or D. Fast five. Now, just to let everyone know listening, I have only seen the original Fast and the Furious. I have not seen any after that. And there's nine of them, correct? I think there's eight. Eight? eight. Okay. Maybe there's nine. I don't know. I know there's eight, and then they've had a spinoff, like, spinoff one which i don't know if that counts right i'm gonna go with 14 mm, that's wrong i'm gonna go with 11 that's correct <laughs> but you already said 14 i know <laughs> <laughs> okay so next question seven out of nine i got nine i got i got nine nine questions for you okay uh in, in which movie 
did Vin Diesel voice the character Groot? Oh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Options were Star Trek, Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, or Judge Dredd. But you are correct. It is Guardians of the Galaxy. I had to throw an easy one in there. Star Trek. He voiced Spock. <laughs> yeah. And he just went around saying, I am Spock. Something you may not know is Vin Diesel has a twin brother named Paul. And he was born on July 18th, 1967. Both of them were. But where was he born? Was he born in New Jersey, Las Vegas, California, or New York? That's a good question, Phil. None of those answers really stand out. Um, I don't think he has a... Did you say L.A.? I don't think he has a California accent. Um, it's it's going to be New York or New Jersey. And I'm going to go with New Jersey. Nope, California. Poodle! <laughs> I know, right? That was my first elimination. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is the last one. Um, so Vin Diesel's mother, Delora Sherlene Sinclair Vincent, <laughs> is, she's got a long name, um, is an actress, an astrologer, an artist, or an acrobat? Well, with a name like that, she has to be an artist. Nope. She has to be an acrobat. Uh, nope. <laughs> she has to be a, <laughs> an astrologist. Yes, she's an astrologer. Really? Yep. Yep. So you got four out of nine correct. I'm happy with it. I thought I'd get zero. That's probably better than I did last week. But that was a smorgasbord of questions. Yes. It was. It was. Uh, it was all over the place, um, and I, I kind of since we did Bloodshot, I just I did uh, everything related to Vin Diesel. No, very good, very nice and organized, yeah. and it kept yeah. to the category and topic. I I like it. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of this episode. All right, and next week, <laughs> or uh, next week, I believe maybe we're going to talk about the Joker. Ooh. Are you feeling good about that? About yes, talking I, about the paper next week? I can do that. Okay. Well, I would like to remind everybody out in the listening audience to hit the subscribe button. If you do that, you'll get alerts whenever we have a new episode up. And also, if you have an Instagram account and you'd like to follow us, that is at Muggle with a Mic. And we also have a Facebook page, uh, also entitled Muggle with a Mic. You can head over there on the interwebs and like us and follow us. Uh, it would be uh, greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Um, and then we hope that you'll tune in. Are we going to do this every week, Phil, or every two weeks? I'm not sure yet. Every, every one or two weeks. <laughs> I, I mean, it would be nice to do it every week. <laughs> That's why you got to hit that subscribe button. <laughs> yeah. We'll, sh we'll shoot for every week, but... With the pandemic, with everything that's going on crazy, it might be too. I know you're an essential worker and I'm an essential worker. So 
who knows, you know, we'll, we'll shoot for weekly, but it could be every two. We're taking it day by day. And at the rate that I'm going through Metro 2033, I'm thinking it's going to be every other week. Okay. Well, we'll tighten it up as it goes on, but we'll, we'll shoot for a week, but we're every week, but we'll say right now it's probably going to be every two weeks. Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. So thank you everyone for tuning in and listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Right, Phil? That's right. Two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.